You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Sin will keep you from the Bible, and the Bible will keep you from sin. Think about that. When there's willful disobedience in the life of a Christian, doesn't it not only distance you from God, but also from the Word of God? There's a separation that takes place. And conversely, when you are in the Word and the Word is in you, it leads to a pure life. Being in the Word of God leads you to a pure life and away from sin. In today's message, Pastor J.D. cautions you that sin keeps you from the Bible. When you're living a life apart from God, it's harder to recognize that you need Him in your life. Where are you getting your contentment and fulfillment? If not from God, then turn back to the Bible. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 119 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Psalm 119, we're going to only get to verse 32 tonight. I did think about the entire Psalm, 176 verses, but I didn't think you would appreciate it if I didn't get you out of here till like 4 a.m., I have been really looking forward to Psalm 119. It is, without question, without exception, my favorite psalm in the book of Psalms. I would even say and go as far as saying that it's one of my favorite uh, chapters in all of God's Word. I know I said that about every chapter in God's Word, but uh, particularly Psalm 119, and really for a number of reasons, chief of which is that It's the longest chapter in the Word of God about the Word of God. i got to share this with you. I actually thought about and even prayed about whether to share, and I thought, why not? So when we found out we were pregnant with our first son, he's going to be 21 in June, his name is Elias, Um, we were just, you know, of course we couldn't have children. We were told that, you know, we should probably adopt. We were uh, diagnosed with what they called unexplained infertility, which means you could get pregnant, but and we would get pregnant, but we would lose the baby and the, you know, uh, uh, pregnancy through a miscarriage. And so we had prayed about and really uh, pleaded with the Lord for children. And I even made a, a vow to God that if He would give me a son a biological son, that I would sell my business and I would go into the ministry and serve him all the days of my life. And as they say, the rest is history, right? So we were just, I mean, and we and we knew it was a boy because God had given me a very specific word that he was going to give me a son. And we already had his name picked out 10 years uh, before he was born. So when we found out we were pregnant, I started doing all this research on, I learned more about um, the female anatomy and reproductive (laughs) parts of the, you know, uh, uh, process of birth than I think any man should ever uh, know. But one of the things I learned was that early on in the gestation, 
the baby has ears and can hear. So I, I got one of these, they called them, they were hideous looking too, uh, fetal phones. And it was a plastic cone, and on the other end was this, you know, uh, mouthpiece. It wasn't electronic, it was just a, you know, it'd be, be kind of like a, um, a megaphone. And so you place the cone on the womb, and my poor wife, bless her heart, she has treasures in heaven. I strapped her up to this thing, and she would lay there, and I would, I played worship music in the background, and I read to my baby boy in the womb with ears to hear the entirety of Psalm 119 more than once, which may explain a few things <laughs> now that he's 21 years old. But it was at the time my favorite psalm because it was about the Word of God and the power of the Word of God. So uh, it's kind of interesting, one, one more part to that. So uh, when he was born, he heard my voice, and he knew my voice. Of course, he knew mom's voice, obviously, as well. But when he was born, and he heard my voice say his name, Elias, he moved his neck and turned his head and locked eyes with me, as if to say, you're the one that kept waking me up with Psalm 119 while I was in the womb trying to sleep. Okay, anyway, I just thought I'd... I love this psalm. I love this psalm. So I think this psalm requires an appropriate introduction. I want us to hit the ground running, but uh, I want to share a few things, maybe fast facts about this psalm. Now, first, we're not told who actually uh, wrote this psalm, who the author of this psalm was. Uh, most commentators suggest that it was David, and that he had composed this psalm throughout his life, which would make sense. But uh, obviously the Holy Spirit did not deem it necessary to include the author for us, so... Uh, we don't need to speculate. What I find amazing about Psalm 119 is it's another of those acrostic psalms, meaning that the first letter of the beginning of each section is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. This is really interesting. This psalm is broken up into 22 sections uh, we're going to get to four of them tonight. Uh, each section has eight verses, and they all correspond, all 22 sections correspond with the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And get this, not just the, the 22 sections of eight verses each, but the first line of and the first verse of each section also begins with the letter, corresponding letter, of the Hebrew alphabet. Now why is that significant? Really for two reasons. Number one, it helped in the memorization of this psalm, which was a requirement back in that day, to memorize the entirety of Psalm 119. But secondly, and I, I would maybe say perhaps more importantly again, uh, this is yet, to me, 
more evidence of the Word of God being written, the author of the Word of God being by the hand of God through human authors. Only God could compose a psalm such as this. Uh, Interesting too, another fact about Psalm 119. With the exception of verses 84, 122, and 132. Some suggest other verses maybe have more of a vague reference, but let's just say for purpose of discussion, for the exception of these three verses, every one of the 176 verses has a reference to or mentions God's Word with specificity or in some other manner. In other words, 173 of the 176 verses reference or mention the Word of God, the law of God, the statutes, the commands of God. One more thing and then we'll jump in. Psalm 119 is not only an expression of one's love for God's Word, which is going to come just jumping off the pages of this psalm, but it's also an explanation as to why one can have this love for the Word of God. So let's jump in, verse 1, Psalm 119, the first section. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, verse 5, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Now it's important to keep in mind as we go through this, particularly this psalm, Psalm 119, that this was a song. It was sung as a song. And this first section of Psalm 119, I think, really is the best way to start a psalm like this, because it speaks to how it is that one who lives according to the Word of God is one who has a blessed life. Now, I realize that is a firm grasp of the obvious, but if you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most overlooked principles in the life of a Christian, this would have to be it. Namely, that of the blessing that is for the one who lives according to the Word of God. You know what's sad, and I don't want to get too far off into this, but just today I was watching a Christian television broadcast. I won't mention the names, it's not important. And I have on one of my screens in my office, uh, one of the TVs on this channel, and I have it on mute, but I also have the 
the closed captions on, so I can actually, you know, multitask. I know they have clinical terms for this condition, but I can actually, you know, monitor all the screens, and then on this one screen, I can, instead of listening to it, I can read what the uh, the guy's saying. And I and I, I was reading the the closed captioning, and I thought, no way. It, it, there's an error in the transcription. No way he's saying that. And so I, I took it off of mute and just started listening for as long as I could. <laughs> and um, I tell you, I was so grieved. And this is not a small ministry. This, this is a huge church. I don't know how many thousands of people were in that auditorium. And I just, again, names aren't important, but I was so grieved because I was looking at a guy that had lost confidence in the power of God's Word. He wasn't teaching the Word. He wasn't preaching the Word. You know, the Apostle Paul said that this would mark the last days, that in the last days people would not put up with sound doctrine. In fact, instead, they would flock in great numbers to those who would teach what their ears are itching to hear. Instead of putting up with sound doctrine, they would in great numbers go to those churches, listen to those pastors who would tell them what they want to hear. They would not preach the word. And the admonition and the exhortation to Timothy was to preach the word. The Apostle Paul, quite uh, bluntly, says it like this, A curse be upon me if I don't preach the gospel. He says in the book of Acts that his hands are clean of the blood of all men. Why? Because he taught the full counsel of God, the Word of God. You know, pastors today in America, sadly, think they've been really deceived and have believed that they have to be relevant. That the Word of God is, it needs to be sort of tweaked, and you need to be selective, and you got to keep it moving, and you got to keep it relevant, and you got to keep it hip. And so you don't really talk about things, certainly you don't really teach the Old Testament, because after all, the Old Testament is old, right? So they pick and choose topics that they think will attract an audience. And they stay away from certainly those places in God's Word that are tough stuff, for lack of a better way of saying it. And oh, how they rob the people of the power and the blessing that is theirs because of the Word of God. Think of it this way. I just want to pose this question. Think of people that you know in your life that have this love for God's Word, that know God's Word, that are in the Word of God, and the Word of God is in them. And look at the fruit of their life. Is that life a blessed life? It is, isn't it? Let's flip that around to the other side. 
How about the, the Christian that you know that does not have a love for the Word of God? And they, they just don't have a love for the Word of God. They certainly don't live according to the Word of God. What is the fruit of their life? Is that a blessed life? What the psalmist is telling us here in this first section is that the Word of God is the key to a blessed life. There were only nine good kings of all of the kings of Israel. Only nine kings of whom it could be said that they did that which was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. All the other kings, they did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And of those nine good kings, only nine, of those nine good kings, eight at some point in their lives made a tragic mistake that cost them greatly, with the exception of one. And there's only a few verses describing this king by the name of Yotham, Jotham. And it says of him that every day he would present his ways to the Lord, lived according to the word of the Lord. And his life was a blessed life. He did that which was pleasing in the sight of the Lord, because he lived according to the word of God. Now, we're going to see this as a common theme throughout our study of Psalm 119, and that's why I uh, say it that way, that we're off to a great start. Verse 9. How can a young man, a young man, cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, verse 12. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced, verse 14, in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Okay, very interesting. It's this second section now in Psalm 119, but to me it's one of the most powerful passages in all of the pages of Holy Writ. And I'll explain why I say that. It's about how living according to the Word of God will lead to a life of purity. And notice the specificity as it relates to a young man. Maybe the question should be asked, why does it say, how does a young man keep his way pure? Why, pray tell, doesn't it say, how does an elderly man, or a man in his fifties, <laughs> keep his way pure? Or how does an elderly woman keep her way pure by taking heed to your word. Why doesn't it say that? Why do we have this detail, this specificity that it's a young man? Think about it. 
If God's Word, taking heed to the Word of God, can keep a young man's way pure, you know, a young man, then there's hope for us, right? And if it can keep a young man's way pure, that's power. The Word of God has the power to lead to a pure life. If it can do it for a young man, hey, how about us that are not young anymore. Is that a good way to say it? (laughs) When I was a young believer in my early 20s, I got saved at age 19. I heard this quote, and it has stuck with me all of my life. And it goes like this, sin will keep you from the Bible, and the Bible will keep you from sin. Think about that. When there's willful disobedience in the life of a Christian, doesn't it not only distance you from God, but also from the Word of God? There's a separation that takes place. And conversely, when you are in the Word and the Word is in you, it leads to a pure life, a pure and holy life. The Bible will keep you from sin, but also on the flip side of that, sin will keep you from the Bible. Verse 17, deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, verse 18, that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes, verse 23, also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates, keyword meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight, and I want you to pay particular attention to these last three words, and my counselors. This is what I mean by the love, the relationship that the psalmist has with the Word of God. So much so, in this third section, it almost seems like the psalmist is personifying the Word of God. And what I mean by that is that the Word of God is the counselor. Isn't Jesus the Word? Stay with me on this. Isn't He the wonderful counselor? We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study, and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Oh,